I, I really like myself for that, that after 18 years in that one company, wow. I made the choice to leave, but not judging it, mm. just letting it be. And then that's a huge help to not slip into complaining. You know? A bigger understanding of how important it is to transfer knowledge into wisdom by applying the knowledge. Mm. How, I, how the voice in my head is talking about myself. Wow. <laughs> and I can even still remember the moment I was on a run with a friend. And before I went to Australia, I distracted myself by organizing everything which I had to do on the outside with moving there. Hi folks, welcome to Restoring Balance podcast with me. I'm your host and friend Manoj, a teacher from the heart on a mission to make your journey a little more meaningful. I bring guests to our podcast to have a conversation. We listen to their stories, asking them the questions that matters the most in restoring balance. Balance in personal and public life, harmony in relationships, expanding emotional intelligence and above all their journey that will inspire and empower you in your journey dive in to listen laugh cry and nourish your mind body intellect and soul because you are the hero and you are the change maker excited because today's podcast is going to inspire you. It has so many anecdotes, ideas and the splash of wisdom that definitely are going to touch you in a way that you feel inspired. You will feel empowered and you will have the courage to step forward to restore balance in your life. I am fortunate to call Yana my student at True Yoga. She is a yogini. She's full of compassion. She is definitely a person who holds space for the people. She's a coach helping the companies and individuals to bring the best out of them, holding a safe, respectful and compassionate space for them. This is going to be very interesting chat, a conversation filled with stories. So I invite you to come along in the journey to get inspired to have some meaningful ideas for yourself. Let's get it started. Yana, welcome to Restoring Balance podcast. Hi, Manoj. Thank you for having me here. Yana, so one thing as we were talking, uh, just starting before the podcast, that how, how the rain in this morning was so heavy and uh, there are so many people out there that uh, who wouldn't hesitate to complain about the rain. True. And uh, you being so kind and diplomatic at the same time, <laughs> saying that how how maybe maybe the Germans are in top ten yeah, countries, the people that who who like to complain about things. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Top ten, you can say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's it's a good thing to complain. I mean, if uh, if something is not right, it's you you need to acknowledge and give a feedback, and that could be called a complaint. But yeah, you know, um, 
there is one of my student, Marcus. So in the last week, he came to the class at 6 p.m. It was pouring rain and he was soaked fully. And he's in there like, wow, Marcus, you're here. And he said, well, I'm not made with sugar. <laughs> so I think attitude matters a lot. It's true, it does. So I think the there is a balance or the, to find the balance between, let's say, constructive criticism and complaining is not too easy, right? And also, you can even also switch into something like, let's say, toxic positivity, because it's also about acknowledging challenges. If you don't do that because you don't want to complain, that's not helpful as well, right? Yeah. Um, and I would, in all honesty, I can say I learned that on my own journey, that it is a decision or that it is a choice how to see things and that there is a possibility to acknowledge something as being difficult or challenging, but at the same time not resisting against it being there, accepting it as a challenge, as maybe also a difficulty, but not judging it, mm. just letting it be. And then that's a huge help to not slip into complaining, I would say. That's a brilliant way to put it forward. I think it's, it's very, very good to be rational and practical in your day-to-day -day life. So you're not just uh, extreme end of the positivity where you're just uh, ignoring what are the challenges that you need to deal with to move forward. It is just being rational and having this open attitude mm -hmm. and see what you can change, what's in your hand to change yeah. and what you're not able to change. For example, rain, you know, yeah, they, these two things I really kind of embodied and I really burned in my memory. One thing is that uh, one of my students long time ago, about four years ago, he's an old man, Hans his name, and he mentioned to me that Manoj, it's not cold, it is your clothes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that really stick with me. I mean, it's about the clothes. It's mm -hmm. not about, you can't change anything about the weather. The second thing which I mentioned in the last week, Marcus says, you know, we are not made from the sugar, so the rain should not affect us. Mm -hmm. You know, that is a pragmatic attitude. And this is what I really, really like. And this is how I think we should move forward in our life. With the life, Yana, mm -hmm. why not you share a little bit about you, a bit about... Uh, how was your teenage you know, growing up as a German, how it was going, the schooling, the abitur, you know, just kind of a, your senior school passing. So why not we start from there? Yeah, we can go there. I haven't been there in my memory for well, quite some time because it's, it's a good time, some time ago. <laughs> um, I can confess that. I would say during my school time, I was a student or a pupil trying to, let's say, stick with the rules of the system. I mean, my dad is teacher, right? So there is a bit of um, uh, socialization in there coming from this aspect of I want to know things, I want to show that I know things, and also an awareness of 
the appreciation for knowledge, not yet having a bigger understanding of how important it is to transfer knowledge into wisdom by applying the knowledge. Mm. So I think that's something that in my days and still today, the German school system is missing. The aspect of not only sharing and bringing knowledge to pupils, but really supporting them in how to apply it. And also a change in how you educate pupil in, in my time, and I think still today, it's about what to think. But this century is so different. It's so much more about how to think. Mm. Just as we just talked about complaining or having an awareness for things without complaining, right? So how do you think to maintain a strong mindset? And this is something that I would say I didn't learn at school. I was a curious Pupil, I'm still curiosity is one of my core values and I really love it. So I liked school times. And at the same time, moving out of school into real life, I would say, there was still a lot to learn from, from try, fail, try again, fail better, which obviously is normal. It can't be only the role of school to bring that closer to pupils. Nevertheless, I see a lot of room to improve for school systems to support pupils in how to think. Mm. And for example, having meditation as mm. a school class would be one option already. Wow. Yeah, this itself is a beautiful idea that you are sharing, Jana. So to introduce meditation in the school, it's it can change so many things mm -hmm. because a young child, a teenage, is going through so much in their head and outside and on top. You really need to go through a system and the system is not very flexible and understanding that, okay, every child is different, but the system is kind of something that want to uh, want to make you exactly the same as the other child. Maybe one child is more more curious. Mm -hmm. Maybe the other one is more expressive. Mm -hmm. So I think this uh, idea of introducing meditation in the school, I totally agree with it. I think this should be integrated. If not, it should be experimented and studied and, uh, and review it just to find out if it really makes sense or if it's just something people are talking about. So Jana, I'm interested in your journey, your school time, you being a curious young person going to the school and I'm sure that you had many ambitions that you wanted to do something and going around the world doing. So how was it for you? So actually when I was at, at school or during my school mm. times, I wasn't too ambitious about discovering the world. I was still more trying to get positive feedback from being a good student, being a good pupil. So I was still at a point where I got a lot of um, stroke and value from the outside in that sense of having good grades, showing that you're knowing what 
people expect you to know, teachers expect you to know. So at that stage of my life, I would say I was more um, not as adventurous and um, open-minded as I am today. Mm. And it was a safe space in that sense of you knew the rules, you knew how to behave so that you get good feedback from, from the system, let's say it like this. Mm, yeah. And it took me quite some time to develop out of that. But at that stage, in all honesty, I was more maybe up to a certain level fitting in fitting in mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. which is the total opposite of belonging yeah, yeah and this is probably a reason for how my journey after that unfolds now that we talk about it the journey that i made towards the person that i am today was the journey from fitting into belonging wow that's that's quite all apart yeah it's it's so beautifully you are saying yana fitting in and belonging mm-hmm. so in between what happened so after school and how you evolved how you're moving forward and learning about the world and about yourself mm-hmm. and moving through through life so what happened in between that you came across to know something that you are a space holder mm-hmm. and that's what you are doing and that's what at that time you knew that you want to do and also tell us what is space holding okay maybe i start with what is space holding start backward yes go to the beginning of the journey after i explained about space holding space holding means that you are able to create a safe space doesn't mean a room it's more of an invisible space for a person to totally feel welcome for and as who we truly are. Because one of the dramas in our life is that more or less everyone of us wants to be seen for who we truly are behind the armor and the cloaks and the social layers. But as we really scare to be abandoned or rejected, we don't show up as who we are, right? We have so many layers that we kind of rather put out there which costs us a lot of energy. Huge. And as a space holder, what you do is welcoming a a person, sometimes even more than one person, we can get to that later, and being fully present with the person, with whatever the person brings to the table. And most of the time, that is something that they do not necessarily dare to bring to the table. Maybe some flaws, some insecurities, Sometimes it's a really also a a very, let's say, childlike part that they're not allowed to show during the normal life, right? And it you become or it becomes a space that you hold when the person gets aware, I'm welcome here, free of judgment, free from judgment with whatever I bring to the table. I can share it from there shame around it that I might have myself can drop down and I can really show myself I'm welcomed here for who I am and free to also explore myself to express myself with those aspects that I normally maybe don't don't want to show 
and sometimes also with this with the aspects of myself that I don't understand that keep me from growth that keep me back from moving into my next level self so this is space holding mm. and for me space holding means I'm sometimes physically sometimes digitally connected to one or more people sharing about and exploring aspects that they want to change in their life. This can mean somebody running a whole own business, but being aware that whenever it gets critical in that sense of saying no to own employees or business partners or whatever, the person simply can't speak. It's as, as, as if the throat would be kind of numb or closed. And they get aware that there's so much they would like to express, but they can't. So the person comes to me and explores what this is about, where it comes from. So we start with the challenge. And from there, get deeper into what it is about, where it comes from, the root and the root course, as one example. So this yeah. is space holding. This is space holding. Mm -hmm. So you are not talking about literally a space or a room space holding is uh, is something that you that you are meeting a person in person or digitally and allowing them to open up mm -hmm. allowing them to just drop this uh, a persona that they intentionally or habitually carrying mm -hmm. to be a little bit more vulnerable to be able to talk about mm -hmm. uh, about things which they felt that they were not able to talk to the others and when it was important for them to talk yeah so you are building trust with the person mm -hmm. so they open up with you and the process maybe i can only assume uh, it can be slow it can be spontaneous mm -hmm. and it can be somewhere in between definitely would you like to share a story about one of your client that when you were holding holding space with with them? Mm -hmm. So one of my Indian clients, for example, she was a woman working as a team lead and she stopped her work for the company because she was totally burned out, felt overwhelmed mm. and couldn't she simply couldn't do the job anymore. Mm. And when she started to work with me, she wanted to find, let's say, a new profession. She mm -hmm. wanted to find the place where she can do better, where she can feel happy in, in her work, with mm -hmm. her work life. And she doubted her ability of being a team lead as well. Mm. We worked together for around about three months, I would say, in total, meeting digitally on bi-weekly basis and what it in the end came down to was her own discovery journey that her being so let's say overwhelmed came from the fact that she did not yet have the ability to set healthy boundaries mm. so that instead of also caring for her own resources mm and also to her team members saying, I can't deal with this today, I can do this tomorrow, or this needs to be solved by someone else. She couldn't say no. 
And I can remember one really incredibly beautiful moment with her when she, she got aware of this habit of, well, hold on, actually it's me not saying no because I fear to disappoint people, I fear to not be good enough if I, if I say no here. And we, this, all of this comes from basic assumptions we do have about ourselves in that it comes from the inside not from the outside because we we are not who we think we are we are who the other person who or better just we are what we think the other person thinks about us does that make sense this aspect of i'm mm. not thinking about what do i think about myself i'm thinking about what is manosh probably thinking about me when i say no here And so she had this awareness and from there she developed a really beautiful, strong affirmation for herself mm. that supported her into, into learning how to say no. And I can really still remember the smile on her face when she found this affirmation perfectly fitting for herself, which was a one-time no today means twice a yes tomorrow. And this was her way for finding the strength and also the conviction that a no can be healthy and positive. And from, with that affirmation, she really managed to, to, to get into a healthy boundary management, not seeing herself as selfish, but finding this awareness of, it can be supportive for others if I today say no, because I can restore my resources. And from there, I can be way more supportive tomorrow. That's, that's very interesting because uh, this is a common phenomenon mm -hmm. that uh, people hesitate to say no. And uh, when they are hesitating to say no, because the person in front of them are not able to read between the lines and able to just understand the context of how they are speaking or their body language because I think nobody has that much time everybody's running and busy so that can work against you and it, and uh, you're mentioning about your client that who burnt out because because she found it so hard to say no and express herself And when she know that she should say no, she only feel, oh, what the other person is going to think about me. Mm -hmm. That's, whoa, that's mind boggling. It's like, you know, you just are paralyzing yourself that way. However, that make a very good sense that how you are holding space for your client and let her open up with you so that she can explain herself she can tell that this is the way she feel she think and how you're helping her step by step to get her doubts out of the way so that she learned by herself that saying no actually is beneficial mm -hmm. for her for her future and also for the other person to have a clarity mm -hmm. So this 
is kind of something we as a human being and of course you go anywhere in the world people have their own way of saying things or doing things and that also remind me of a brilliant book the culture gap in that it's it's very nicely explained with many many stories of the people from india people from uh, yeah, germany spain england usa and france that how people are just interacting yeah huh? so uh, when you're helping that kind of people that who are coming forth from their this mental blocks they have somebody do you do you have somebody that who have also some kind of emotional um, agitations absolutely because we are beings not only from the mind but from the heart and the soul as well right so our whole self is a combination of all of this and you never solve or let's say in my experience with my clients they never solve or dissolve what is blocking them only in the mind but really also need to explore the emotions around what is blocking them the emotions towards themselves there can be judgment for ourselves we can be harsh on ourselves if we're not able to get through a blockage right we can have regrets resentments about things and you can't leave a place if you haven't been there many many times with trying and we're back in the knowledge game to understand everything we kind of think we can still have control over it and from understanding it moving past it the truth is understanding having consciousness around it on a cognitive level is the first step still for moving forward it's also about exploring the emotions around that because we normally block ourselves on the emotional level we are very smart many times and it's easy to go to the knowledge level because there we feel safe where it gets messy in a positive way is on the emotional level and in the end emotions are something like feelings that add up over a long time that we keep stuck that keep stuck in our body because we don't process them right feelings are not meant to kept inside just physically an emotion a single emotion cannot last longer in our physical system than 90 seconds it's not possible so emotion feelings are there to move through us but as we are not we don't allow them many times we tuck them in we keep them with us we have resistance against this feeling but by having resistance against it we actually cultivate it and from there there's a huge emotional energy building up that we need to um, release. And I mean, who of us doesn't know this moment where we might burst out into tears that we have been keeping, keeping shutting in for so long and how much there is relief behind that and release. Mm. And so it's always uh, about moving through the emotion as well. And I, mm. I, that was my path as well, right? I really can say that coming from the background of being a person of knowledge, of cultivating knowledge, 
Yeah, now we're getting back to your story. Exactly. Yeah. This yeah, is go ahead. how yes. we can, can take that loop, indeed. Mm. So at the end of my school time, I did not know a lot about who I was as a person, soul, you name it. And I didn't have a good idea of what to do with my life. I didn't have a clear understanding of what to study. There were not many goals, actually no clear goals at that time. Exploring. Yeah, so, and, and I didn't allow myself exploring at that mm. time. So I went down the path of studying business administration. It was, let's say, a safe path, also a bit of an easy path. I got into that, um, into the academy. I had to go through an assessment, but I managed to, to succeed there. At that time, I really felt well about succeeding in the access, assessment without checking in with myself if that's who I am and what I want. Right? On the surface level, I was just happy that I graduated, let's say like this again. And so I studied business administration and already during my time of studying, I was aware of actually that's not it and that's not me. But I didn't have a good sense of what it is instead. And this was something that was part of my journey for the first years pretty strongly, having an understanding of what to move away from, but not yet having an awareness, a consciousness, I would say, of what to move toward to. Mm. And it can be, let's say, it is a, a driving force if you move away from. For me, it was just also a driving force that made me take different steps and make experiences after my studies starting in sales because I kind of knew it was about people and communication but that's a wide field right so starting in sales getting an awareness of no nah, that's not it trying out marketing communication and people no that's not it so it was a strong force of moving away from but I at that time had no idea of how to find my two words too and that changed when I really randomly, one could say, stumbled across this opportunity of going into a coaching training. A friend of mine just shared with me that she was thinking about going, undergoing a coaching training and I thought like, well actually that sounds interesting. And so I had an information call with the, with the company offering that training and I felt curious and I felt an excitement that I didn't feel before. So I underwent that training and she didn't. And this was the, really the first time that I felt this is it. Mm. It's not only about communication and people, but about bringing things into connection. So I got to where that it is about connection for me. And that's where it was the first turning point about where well, this is actually about connecting people. Let's say it like this. And from there, it still was a slow progress because that was 2010 up to 2012. And coaching was not yet at that time that well known. Mm. And so I did the training. I was still working for the same company that I tried out sales and marketing in. And more moved into a direction of employee communication on a level that 
is a, is a connecting way of communication, not only bringing across the facts, but bi-directional, getting a communication that connects people. So that was, that was kind of your, your stepping stone mm -hmm. in, in the direction of, of coaching, mm -hmm. that you have graduated in, in business and sales is kind of something that, that, uh, that you found out, okay, it's about the people and the communication. Yeah, this is kind of something for me along the process. You had the opportunity to have a, a program which is in the direction of coaching, but here as well, that you were still um, in a company, how to coach or how to, how to have the communication with the employees. Mm -hmm. So you already stepped up, you already started to find out, mm -hmm. okay, this is what something that you want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could, for the first time, I could feel kind of an, compass from the inside mm. that felt like yep this is locking in here we are on this on the right path yeah. at least have a, a first idea of a right direction let's yeah. say like this but at the same time looking back to it now mm. um, some of the people that have been on the training with me at that time said well you can just become a coach because whatever you're going to start you will want to make it work but that was on the outside and I myself was not yet brave or courageous or convinced enough of myself that mm. something that was still, let's say, strange at that time mm. or not, a pro or not an official profession, right? Now you find so many coaches out here, so many people mm. who have a desk profession. But at that time, I was not convinced enough of myself that I can mm. make something my profession that at that time hardly anybody knew. So I, I still worked for the company, mm. used the skills that I had learned within my work and stayed there for some more time. And at the same time felt, this is not it. And some days I could hear it better because I was more courageous and other days I was not courageous enough and I tried to, to numb the voice, right? And so I um, stayed there for some more time developed into working on bigger projects as change manager and also made it and had an education as change manager and this is where I for the first time got into contact with the power of culture also within organizations mm -hmm. right that if you want to change a, a company if you want to make a change you will never do it without the culture and the people yeah and um, this is where I got into contact with the power of culture. And after some more time, I really got aware of, I don't want to do this within one big company, but let's say with smaller entities. And I really enjoyed the one-on-one -on -one session so, so much of supporting people because there was something ongoing that I could not even see as being interesting. Because it was natural to me. So you you are talking about that how you were moving forward, having this new skill set that you acquired, and you were acknowledged by the other people, and you you also felt that wow, this is kind of something it it clicks with mm -hmm. me. But 
the problem was that it was not very safe to change a profession and there was not something like as uh, it is now there are a huge number of coaches and it is it is a set kind of a profession uh, it was not like that so it was not something that you imagine that okay i don't want to be that radical uh, moving out from my safe job mm -hmm. instead of just moving forward just on and off you just want to change something but this change is kind of uh, not happening. Mm -hmm. However, you are enjoying a conversation and and coaching your employees. Okay, so how about we just move forward? Yeah, because you've been to Australia. Mm. So, so were you also coaching there? I was. So uh, there was a huge t shift in my life when in 2000. 16 I took a break from the company life because it was this being torn in between trying to find a place in the company with coaching and my my purpose that I felt but I simply couldn't find it in the culture and that was I mean I have been traveling before but 2016 I took three months off to travel on my own through New Zealand and Australia and I would say this is where my shell cracked let's say mm. like this because if you travel on your own, you really get to know yourself. Definitely. And you really start to get where, hold on, why am I making that decision right now? At home, I would have decided differently. What's ongoing here, right? So you mm -hmm. really get to know yourself. And in 2016, in that time, I got to know New Zealand. I traveled Australia and got to know friends there as well. But for some more time, went back to Germany because I still wasn't, I wasn't self-confident enough to make the last step. And in 2018, there was the time, it, it, it came in 2018 where I said, look, I can't stay in this company any longer. I had already started a side business from 2016 on after I came back from the sabbatical. Mm. And I... What is... Sabbatical. Sabbatical is an opportunity that many companies meanwhile offer their employees to take a break from the company life for a certain period of time and to do whatever they want to do within that time. And you can, before that time mm. comes, you can put aside some of your salary on mm. the side of the company and the okay. company will still go on to pay you. Okay. Uh, okay. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So go on. What? Uh, so like, how was how was life uh, there? What kind of lessons? Because I think this is so wonderful, and this is something I, I myself experienced that, and I want everybody to have this experience of traveling alone mm -hmm. to a place which is new to you, mm -hmm. because this is going to teach you so much. After that, you're not going to be the same person it's ever very again. True. It's very true. And one thing for sure, as you said, like it, it crack open you. It just open your mind in a different way. Mm -hmm. Then you're not the same person as you were. So, yeah, going back to the adventure in New Zealand and Australia, 2016 onwards, you started your side business having sabbatical having a break from your profession, mm -hmm. but at the same time having the safety. Mm -hmm. 
still safety was more important to me than definitely i think this is a german right. thing yeah probably it is right yeah, yeah. We're, we're used to safety here with all the pros and cons right so yeah. nothing yeah. good comes without something difficult um, and nothing difficult yes. comes without something good yeah, definitely it's always always a price one has to pay yeah yeah and so i paid the price of suffering for too long for safety but finally and i'm I would say I'm, I, I really like myself for that, that after 18 years in that one company, wow. I made the choice to leave. 18 years mm -hmm. are very long. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That took you 18 years to, to come to a point where you can just kind of uh, having this opportunity to sort of saying reinventing yourself mm -hmm. or was. just kind of stepping out of uh, the environment you were in mm -hmm. yeah gone yeah and so i quit in 2018 mm. and i had got to i had gotten to know good friends in australia in 2016 so i went back to australia and as good as possible at that time i took my side business with me that i had built up right so i've been working with some beautiful women who were running a middle-sized company together and we were able to work remotely but still this shift from leaving 18 years of of identity in that company behind me got moving into a new country just having a bit of a side business um, was very challenging and what was my learning in that time in australia was if you fail to find yourself, you will find yourself failing. And that's what I found myself doing. So I've, in that sense, failing, I developed anxieties, things were very unstable. And I got to where that my inner compass was not yet strong enough to help me figure everything out in Australia at that time. And before I went to Australia, I distracted myself by organizing everything which I had to do on the outside with moving there instead of first looking inside myself and getting to, my, to know my identity in that sense of, so where do I want to take this? And who do I need to be for what I want to develop? So I, it's so tempting to organize things on the outside when there are difficult questions on the inside waiting, right? And so this is what happened. Um, I had the most important time in Australia at that time in my life. And I came back in 2019. Three years. No, I uh, in no, I, I I went there 2018. So I 2018 between 2016 and 18, I was still in Germany. Quit in 2018 and then went to Australia. And in 2019, I came back because I still got aware that I didn't didn't figure things out well enough about my identity to, to build up a business over there. Let's say it like this. But in, interestingly enough, in that time, by everything you meet with the challenges that come up when you face uncertainty, when you face anxieties, you really get to know yourself on a deeper level. You have no, no other chance. Um, and so I really met myself on those emotional levels because I got to wear if I'm not dealing with these emotions now, they will 
be with me all the time because I try to get away from them, but they have an important message for me. So I need to listen to them and from there take it into a different direction. But I, 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 it was a learning that I, yeah, I learned from, I paid my dues for that, yeah. that let's say it like this. You put yourself um, in a position where you had to take a responsibility of yourself. Yes, exactly. And uh, learning so much more about yourself. Mm -hmm. Which, which I find very rare and mostly people try to avoid it, you know. Yeah, this is same, like we are coming back to that, uh, how you coach people, how you do, do the space holding for mm -hmm. the people. So you had to go through the process first. Yes. You know, there's a great saying that this world is going to be a better place with the wounded healers mm. and the peaceful warriors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, wounded healer you are. So you, you, you have been through many phases in your life and that is, uh, is, is giving you this empathy that you have when you, when you sit with the people. Yeah. That you can yeah, metaphorically, you can walk in their shoes and the shoes has some sand. You can feel the sand in the shoe. So this, this is kind of showing a natural way that how, how your life journey and how your career, because we are only talking about your career, you know, this is the ice breaking happening. <laughs> yeah. So there's still so much more deep down. And uh, as we move forward, of course, it's not our... Our, this is not our last podcast. We are just in the beginning phase. <laughs> so this is one thing that you 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 are saying, and I love it that how you say it about the failure. Mm -hmm. Say it again. If you fail to find yourself, you will find yourself failing. If you fail to find yourself, mm -hmm. you will fail. You will find yourself failing. You will find yourself failing. Mm -hmm. Wow! This is this is incredible. Wow. Yana, would you would you like to share something that how you found at at some point in your life mm. that you know something was out of balance and how you acknowledged it, how you found out and how you were restoring balance in your life and what what you do to do so. Mm. So the biggest moment where I got aware that actually not that something is out of balance because I was aware of that on a subconscious level for a long time, right? Mm. I would even say I was one of the complainers in that sense of I was very critical with life and things in general and the moment that was probably the one moment that was the first shift was when I got to where how harsh the self-talk in my head was about myself. And this is where I found out, okay, actually this is part of the issue. How, I, how the voice in my head is talking about myself. Wow. <laughs> and I can even still remember the moment I was on a run with a friend mm. and it was straining and I wasn't, in, I wasn't performing the way I was it expected me to, right? Mm. And so I, at a certain point I stopped 
And I told this friend, I'm actually really harsh on myself right now in my head about not performing here. And he said, yeah, I know, you're doing that all the time. And that was eye-opening. And there is this aspect that was the first time that I got aware of being the observer of my thoughts, because at that time I was not yet meditating. Mm. But this shift of getting into this awareness of how am I talking about myself in my head is a game changer. Mm. Self-talk. And and this is where I come back into balance. Meanwhile, it's not that I figured out to not have the chatter on my mind, right? Mm. Still, the chatter comes up less than before, but still there. And I'm way more the observer of it. So I'm not in between, like, let's say I'm not in the midst of it. And my critical voice is talking to me all the time. But many, many times I'm the observer of the critical voice rumoring around in my head. uh, And I'm aware of critical aspects that come up within myself. And from there I can find myself into compassion. And I can, compassion for that critical voice even. I don't try to to cut the throat of that or the voice of that critical voice. Mm. It has its reasons, right? Why it's there. So I'm accepting it to be there. Mm. I have compassion wherever it comes from. And from there, it, it slows down or it gets way more silent um, on, by, on, its, on its own. And I'm very precise, meanwhile, on how I express words about myself. So this is where I get into balance. Wow. So you figured out spontaneously that how your self-chatter is a dictating your reality. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were unaware of that. And as soon you were conscious about it, from that time onwards, the change started to take place. Yeah. Along the process, you, you learned that you don't need to diminish, you know, you don't need to suppress the self-talk because it can never be stopped. Rather, you took a smart step to acknowledge it with compassion. It reminded me of uh, yeah, one day, one of my students, she finished uh, her class and after our meditation we were sitting and uh, having a chat and she mentioned yeah, something like that too that those thoughts which are coming and happening which are sort of self-sabotaging they are there with a purpose they are not against you maybe at some point in your life those thoughts were helpful to you but the problem is they, they are still sticking with you because, because still they're ongoing. So you need to have a compassion with them as you do mm-hmm. and acknowledge that, you know, I'm thankful for having these thoughts. It was needed at the time that I needed it the most. Mm-hmm. There's no need at the moment. Yeah. And then those impulsive and compulsive thoughts, they start to soothe and they start to soften. Mm-hmm. And the process is not immediately. Of course, 
your transformation can also take place just with one breath. However, the practical way, as we started our conversation with, the pragmatic is that you are keeping a practice of self-compassion, acknowledging those thoughts and be kind and gentle with yourself. Mm -hmm. Self-love, self-compassion is so vitally important. Yeah, I would even say, you know, the word self-love is also, let's say, abused in certain ways. Meanwhile, sometimes, right? Because people, sometimes people who are actually very selfish label it as self-love, right? Um, what I would say, start with self-acceptance. You can move into self-love from there. Mm. Many, many times I find people, and I found myself there too, um, that people talk about the huge final goals, the, the final destinations there. It's a process. It's not change your life. It's about living your change. So start with self-acceptance. And then move into liking yourself. And mm. someday, for certain aspects, you go into self-love. For others, you're not yet there. And but you move forwards to that. Mm. And you will find yourself in such an amazing place already when you come from not accepting yourself and move into self-acceptance. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's so, so wise that, uh, that you're sharing that. And I think... People get slipped away with that, uh, with uh, with this yeah, fancy thing, self-love. It, if you're ignorant to, and you just take it as it is, self-love. Oh yeah, I just kind of love myself. That can move you to self-absorption, and this is utterly selfish um, that a person start to become. But you are putting it so beautifully out there. Self-awareness is the first step. Self-love comes later on. And there is a very thin line of balancing yourself, not to fall for this narcissistic way of, of behaving. Rather, just accepting your flaws, accepting everything good and and all the talents that you have and you can bring forward. However, process is the way to move forward, yeah. that you need to be very having a patience with yourself. Mm -hmm. And it is a continuous process to improve yourself or something to come out from what is not needed. Absolutely. It's evolution. It's evolution. Evolution is taking place uh, every second, every yeah. moment. Uh, it's the core of life. It's the core of life. You are not the same person as uh, you were one minute ago. Mm -hmm. It's always the evolution. Now the point is that whether to move forward with the evolution or rolling back. Mm. <laughs> so then you have a conscious choice and there you need seal. You mentioned that one of your client that she um, she came up being with you with an affirmation with a with a with a mantra for herself. Mm -hmm. It could be anything. Mm -hmm. yeah. So a person can also use some sort of affirmation to keep themselves anchored yeah. in in the process 
of evolution. Definitely. Mm-hmm. One of the most powerful affirmations that I find is, or that I found is, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I can do this. And I can do it's this. so small and it's so powerful. I use it whenever, for example, when my head starts chatter, even in let's say if I do if I, I'm on a run and it's get, getting straining mm. and then the head starts with oh this is still so long before I'm home and now mm. there is this it's so steep and mm. right the chatter starts mm. the simple things most of the times are the most powerful ones when my head starts to go into that chatter I repeat over and over again I can do this I can do this there's no room for any other chatter mm. If I really just focus on that sentence. Mm. Yes. With affirmation like this, and it's very simple, it's not just merely word. One need to apply the emotions. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you're affirming it to yourself, I can do it. Your every cell and every molecule of your existence is just kind of filled with this affirmation. You really need to use your emotions as a fuel to really change your neuroplasticity with this kind of affirmation. And when you just use it just as a word, just as a just kind of simple, maybe it will take an effect in the moment. However, to long-lasting effect is a neuroplasticity neuroplasticity it it can take place when you use the affirmation with your emotions Hmm. i again have experienced that as a process you can start with the words yeah and it's okay if you can't right away feel it yeah i really really want to encourage people don't beat yourself up if you're not not already immediately there it's a process so start with the words and use them frequently and then there will come the one or the other experience that fits with the words and from having that reference experience coming with the words you get into an emotion or a feeling better to say right and from there you can anchor the feeling more and more and more what is just so important to me about affirmations is for a long time, I was really resisting affirmations, right? I wasn't, I wasn't convinced by affirmations. And I'm still at that point of saying, choose them wisely. But I'm totally aware that you don't have any choice whether you run on affirmations or not. You can only choose whether it's the positive ones that you come up with consciously or whether it's the chatter in your head that is going very very likely in a difficult or challenging direction we as human beings have no choice whether to run on affirmations or not mm. they are there anyway yeah definitely that's what you you have mentioned that you know how how the thoughts are right there just in you you you're just totally blind to that but then you just realize and then you're just slowly 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 with the process you are replacing it with new thoughts and the affirmation and Yana that is so good that you're mentioning this and this is 
this is something very, very important. Anything that you want to do in the beginning, not to expect anything, mm -hmm. rather to just take teeny tiny step mm -hmm. and just keep on moving forward. To reach to this state where you use your feelings to fuel yourself up, mm -hmm. that, that come later on. Mm -hmm. you, that you need to start digging, building the foundation. You can't just build a house overnight and start living it. <laughs> You really need to put in the work to do something, stick with it, have faith, if not in anything, at least on your breath. Because when you, if you don't have a faith on your breath, you are no more. <laughs> so um, this is very, very good, what you are saying, Yana. And like yourself, like yourself, for engaging into the process of starting something new. Because this, when we are adults, so many times we don't allow ourselves to really go into something new as an absolute beginner. I got aware of that, you know, I'm, I'm working with people from Germany, but also um, Korea, the US, Australia, India, so in English speaking countries. And there was a saying coming up over and over again with different of, several of my clients and they independently from each other said, I feel like a toddler. And we don't have this saying in Germany, but actually this is exactly what it is about. We don't allow ourselves to toddle, right? We don't allow ourselves as adults to feel like a toddler. And if you are in that situation, feeling like a toddler, you're right where you need to be. Because this is where evolution takes place. And like yourself, mm. cheer yourself for having the courage to go there because the majority of adults doesn't have that courage. So even if you don't succeed on the first or the second or the third day, celebrate yourself for getting up, starting to try again and falling down again. Like yourself for that process because it's huge. It's a choice. It's a choice you make and it's a courageous choice because you allow yourself to go into a vulnerable place again. And there's so much power into if you like yourself for starting something new, for feeling insecure, for opening up to uncertainty. Mm. It's, it's amazing. Definitely, Jana. So... 18 years that you have invested of your life mm. into a profession, moving out from it, along the process you learned so much about yourself. Mm -hmm. Along the process you chose to do something so different what you have studied because you have a conviction and the conviction is that I can help others. And I think this attitude is itself is so powerful. How do you motivate yourself? How do you feed that? What what is moving you forward? What is when you're waking up in the morning and you you're just bright and you know that okay this is the day? How you are empowering yourself? Mm. So it might sound a bit cheesy, I know that, but since I'm working fully self-employed, coming from my purpose, 
there is no day that feels like I don't want to do this. There are moments where I feel like, gee, this is making me nervous because it's new or something, right? But I don't have days where I feel like I'm over that. And that was maybe probably one of the most powerful things that I learned that passion, but even more purpose, is the best counterbalance against fear and anxiety. So I don't need to motivate myself to, to, to go into working from my purpose. Nevertheless, I can be tired in the mornings, right? This is something that definitely is part of every human life. And what sets me up for a really good day is my morning routine. And I know that is a cliche some, some way, somehow for people as well. Yeah, tell us about your morning routine. It's getting up around six, six-ish, so six, six, 15, 20 minutes of meditation, 10 minutes of visualization of what I want to unfold in the future. Then I go into some morning activities, so some type of sports, which is either yoga or some high intensity workout with more intensity or lately running came back into my life as well. So some of them uh, and I really and that is something that I just lately got to wear and or learned about myself that sometimes I have an idea what I want to do in the morning on the on the evening before. But actually, I really listen into myself at that morning. What is it that I need today? What does my, my, my being, what do I as a being need today? So sometimes I skip the run because I feel I need something which is slower. Mm. And I go to, I turn towards yoga. Sometimes I get to where I need to have something that really get, builds up my self-confidence. Mm. So I go into high intensity workout, mm. right? And so this is how I start my morning. Then I have breakfast. I love breakfast. For me, that's the most beautiful um, meal of the day. Starting every day also with a coffee with frothy milk, like substitutes for milk. Meanwhile, without dairy, but I love frothy milk. So I have this little morning celebration with that as well. And then at nine o'clock, I have a short call with a beautiful friend of mine who is at, in a similar stage and with her self-employed business, 15 minutes every morning where we open up space for welcoming each other and really opening, like together creating a space where we can share the energy that we're in at that, in that moment at, um, on that morning. And after that, my day starts. Mm. What I like the most in that is that that how at nine in the morning you call mm -hmm. your friend who is accountability partner, mm -hmm. sort of saying mm -hmm. like yeah. a companion. Mm -hmm. who, like I think this is something something beautiful that uh, that uh, you can start your day talking to somebody who is your companion in. In the journey, they, they, they are also starting off like you. That's wonderful. I think the morning is the best time. Like, you know, this can set the tone. And, and before the morning comes the night before where you're sitting down and writing something 
that what had happened in the day. There, there are many ways to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a certain method that I follow, evolve and develop, which is kind of suiting me. It's very important for me, night before, knowing that, what I'm going to do tomorrow. What is the one most important thing? Maybe it's not so important, but there's one thing that I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Everything else, okay, I can touch upon, but this is one thing that I'm going to do. When I go to the bed and when I know that I have done it, I feel so much at peace. And for the morning that I know it, okay, this is how my day is going to turn out. Nevertheless, I love this idea that, you know, when you're starting your work, you're talking to your friend, your colleague, and starting your day. This is beautiful. Mm. Because what happens, like this morning routine, has mm. two aspects of um, accountability. Mm. The first part of that routine is accountability towards myself. Mm. And You know, for a long time, I haven't been that much of a disciplined person. Mm. It took me until 2019 that I got to where that discipline is self-love. Yes, definitely. Because with discipline, and you can, of course, be harsh with yourself and with discipline, right? So this is not what I mean. But keeping the promise you gave to yourself is building up trust in yourself, right? And from that... That is self-love. You love yourself enough to keep the word to yourself. And you also build up your reliability towards yourself. And that makes this huge for me. And it has this aspect of, I have a hand on how my day starts, how my day unfolds. Yes, you are in control. Yeah. So that's the first part of accountability. And then uh, the accountability with that friend of mine. Definitely. You know, Jana, there is a saying in India person who keep the promise who so two things in that the promises that you you make to yourself Mm -hmm. and the promises that you make to the others Mm -hmm. keeping that that move you forward because it just help your self self esteem to just expand Absolutely. Your 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 light shine. Mm-hmm. One don't need to be perfect on it. You know, it can happen. Many things can change, but you can go back, accept the responsibility mm-hmm. of not fulfilling the promise that you had made to yourself or to the other. That need the courage. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you're doing it so sincerely, making sure that the next time you are improving. Next time you're better. It's like that, as you said, that, you know, um, failing forward. Try, fail, try again, fail better. Fail better. It is a process, of course, you know. And those are the many things, Jana, that you have touched upon. I mean, there are so many things we can talk about. We can talk about uh, meditation, we are going to talk about that. We are going to talk about yoga. We are going to talk about your own journey. We are going to talk about many other things in between as well. For now, this is wonderful that you shared so many ideas in our conversation. And I'm sure that the people 
have taken those nuggets for themselves. The process is the key and self-awareness is very important to move forward. Absolutely. To bring change, it's very important to have the self-awareness. Having a compassion to yourself is vitally important. Only then you're on the path of self-realization, this evolution which is taking place every single second. Last thoughts, last words, Yana. Last words, as we have been talking about process. Two quotes, one is Einstein who said, the longest journey that we are on is the way from our mind back into our heart. Yeah, that's the longest, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, but it's beautiful. So engage yeah. with the journey and don't accept, expect yourself to be there but really enjoy the journey. And the second thought is, you know, once you get aware that life is about evolution, you get aware that no one of us here to finally be enough one day. Because you know, evolution means everlasting self-actualization. So, and if you get aware that, you're not here to, and you're not meant to be enough. That immediately takes some pressure off you and at the same time shows you as there is no goal of being enough, I also right now am enough for now. And I find that very uplifting in moments where it might be hard to follow the path of development. You're not meant to be enough in the end. You're here for the journey. The journey. Yeah, in the journey, that's how you are restoring balance. And restoring balance is not just one activity or one day thing. This is a process and you need to move forward. And if failing, fail forward, move on, fail better. Just keep on moving forward. This is the way to go. And thank you so much, Yana. This was a great conversation. This is just the icebreaker, I would <laughs> say, because we can, we are going to talk so many things and much of the crazy things as well, I believe, <laughs> as we go along and it's just not even the warm up yet. Thank you so much, Yana. Thank you so much, Manoj. It was such a pleasure and time flew by. Again, thank you for having me. I feel very honored to be on your Super, podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll have you back again soon. And thanks everybody for listening until the end. You're amazing. <laughs> Definitely.